We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sings. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And we want you to stay tuned today. We want to get into the Word of God for just a little bit and find out why there's been so many raised up with all different type of messages for this whole world and doctrines and things like that. What does the Word of God say about that? And we're going to hear a song here in just a little bit from Brother Robert Jones, and he's going to be singing, Redemption Draweth Nigh. And it's not a time to turn away now. It's a time to get a hold of the Word of God more than ever before. So stay tuned. Got some good things coming up today. Turn the lights down low and listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio All right, at this time, we're going to have that song from Brother Robert Jones from Smithville, Pennsylvania. And Brother Jones is going to be singing, Redemption Draweth Nigh. Music has come and gone since I first told how that Jesus would come again someday and back then it seemed so real I just can't help but feel how much closer is coming yesterday Wars and strides on every hand And violence in our land Still some people die That each coming
Redemption draweth nigh. I remember saying last week on the broadcast that since we only have one hope of our calling, we want to make sure we get it right. I think about what's going on in the world today, and I also know what the Word of God says about this time that we're living in, this period of time. Some people are not aware of the hour that we're living in, and we should be uh, looking and realizing what time it is, and blessed is that servant that he finds watching. And I got thinking about what's going on in the world today and how that uh, we have the Muslim religion, uh, Islam, and uh, they have a, a, a different Bible, I guess they would call it, but the, the Koran. And I got thinking about uh, all these different things. And then many, many years after that came, uh, we find that I believe it was the Mormon religion and they claim that they got a different Bible. It's uh, the Book of uh, uh, Mormon, and they claim that an angel Moroni came and uh, gave uh, that interpretation or that book. And then I thought about uh, Islam and how that they claimed that Muhammad, uh, this uh, Gabriel, was supposed to have come to him and uh, give him that revelation, and it has spread uh, just about all over the world. And their purpose is to uh, conquer the whole world for Allah. And they say Allah is the name of God. Jesus was just a prophet. That's all he was. Nothing more than that. And I get thinking about all these things whenever I hear them and how that they have come to this country. And uh, their purpose is not just to assimilate and become part of the population here. Uh, their purpose is to conquer this country, this nation, uh, United States uh, for their belief for Islam and, and uh, have Sharia law. And uh, we see that talked about more and more and happening uh, across this nation and other places in the world. And I get thinking about all these things and I thought about the Word of God. And I'd like to read something from the book of Galatians. We have probably quoted it, mentioned it, but I want you to pay the more earnest heed to this today, as I read this, I want you to think about it. All right, it said, the Apostle Paul is writing this. Now, let me speak this just a little bit about Paul. He also had an experience in God. At one time, he was uh, very zealous for the Jewish faith. He was going around and arresting anybody then, and uh, bringing them in and having them put in prison and all kind of things happening if they called upon the name of Jesus. He was against that. Well, one day, this one that he was against so much and, and felt it was a false uh, uh, cult or doctrine, uh, spoke to him out of glory. 
and he was on the road to Damascus. You can read that whole story in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And God spoke to him and uh, said, uh, why are you doing this, Paul? And, and uh, why do you persecute me? He said, who is it, Lord? He said, it is I, Jesus, whom thou persecutest. So Paul was persecuting the people, the body of Christ at that time. And he got a revelation there that day and began to preach Christ and him crucified from that time on. He had joined the other disciples like Peter, James, John, and all them uh, who was already preaching that and uh, to the uh, Jewish people and to Israel. And now Paul has been told, you carry this gospel to the Gentiles. So that was his job to preach to the Gentiles the same gospel, not another, that was being preached to the Jews at that time or to Israel by the other apostles and disciples. So here he's writing to the Galatians now. In the first chapter of Galatians in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now the word gospel means good news. Now watch, he corrects himself here in a, in a manner. Make sure that you understand, he said, verse 7, which is not another. He said, this is not really good news to move into any other type of belief or doctrine or anything like that. It's not good news. He said, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the good news or the gospel of Christ, would pervert the gospel of Christ. The good news is that God came in the flesh was manifested in the flesh, and he lived among us, went to Calvary with flesh and blood so that he could pay the price for our sin. And he died at Calvary, took our place, offered himself. That was God that did that, that came down and robed himself in a body of flesh as the Son of God and went to Calvary and died in our place that we might have eternal life and uh, paid the penalty that I owed. We used to sing a song, uh, I owed a debt I could not pay, and it was growing every day. Then Jesus came and paid it all for me, and he paid a debt he did not owe. But see, he was the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, and he come down here and paid the price for my sin and your sin. That's a wonderful story. That's good news. Now, we'll go back and read this. He said, and uh, which is not another, not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Then it gets real serious in verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be cursed. Not just a man now. We, that would be if the apostle Paul himself came back, and would come and say, uh, God has brought me back, but I have another gospel. You could not receive that, regardless who it is. And if it's an angel that comes down from heaven and says, I am Gabriel, I am some other angel, or I am uh, maybe uh, would name some of the angels that I've heard named before. I don't want to get into all that right now. But anyway, uh, come with a name and uh, say, well, look, I am one of the angels, and I've come down, and there's been a mistake made, and we want to get this corrected, 
and it's another gospel. And Paul said, no, 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 that would never be. He said, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now watch what he says in verse 9. And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I think about it. Now, how would I certify my gospel? Well, I could say and just tell the story. I had an experience, and uh, that's how I certify it. But Jesus Christ himself who was and is the Word of God, and he was the Word of God made flesh and dwelt among us. And the writer said in, in John, the Gospel of John, the first chapter, I believe it's about verse 14, said, And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. Now, now how he certified his Gospel? He said in the fifth chapter of John, in verse 39, to the people of the hour that didn't want to receive him, he said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. He said, they are they which testify of me. So he wanted to certify his gospel, search the scriptures. Now, the apostle Paul, he said, I certify to you that the gospel that I preach is not after man, but he had received it from God. And I think about something else that he wrote in the book of Romans and in the third chapter. And we'll just turn over there and read that. And now these other men claim that an angel came to them, gave them the message that they had, and uh, they wrote their own Bible, so to speak, either the Koran or uh, the Book of Mormon. And there's many others, too. That's just a couple that I'm mentioning. But we see how powerful that um, the uh, message has reached out into the world, and you find now in just about every country some of these different doctrines that is not like the Word of God. Now let's go over to the third chapter of the book of Romans. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that they unto them were committed the oracles of God. He said, the only advantage that Israel had over the Gentiles or anybody else, we have to acknowledge they had the prophets. They was giving the word of God. The word of God came in old time, not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. So Israel had that. They had that past. They had that history. They had the word of God. They had the prophets. They had the messengers that brought the word of God to them. 
And yet, they ended up, because of their unbelief, they began to walk in blindness to the point so serious that when Jesus came, they didn't even recognize that he was the fulfillment of all that that they had had for 4,000 years. Now, even in the Garden of Eden, you know, the seed of God was mentioned. It's called the seed of the woman and also the seed of the serpent. So uh, Jesus Christ was the seed of the woman, and he came in the fullness of time, according to Galatians 4 and verse 4, and he was made under the law, made of a woman, made under the law, and he was the promise that was given back there in the garden. So for 4,000 years, it kept cropping up, and uh, promise being given, and uh, statements being made, prophecies being given about Jesus that he was going to come someday. What he was going to do, bring a new covenant to uh, the human family, and all that was prophesied. So they had that advantage, all right? That's the only advantage that they had, though. Then he went on here and he said, Then he said, What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest justified, be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So we find here, let God be true, and every man a liar. Now we go to the sixth chapter. He said, uh, in the sixth chapter of Romans, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we find out the Apostle Paul then, whenever he came and he got this revelation, he began to preach then unto the Gentile people the same thing that Peter had given on the day of Pentecost uh, to the Israelite people, the Jews that was gathered there at Pentecost. And here Paul comes and he's preaching the very same thing unto the people. And why? Because you can't preach another gospel. There is not another gospel. And if uh, any comes and tries to change anything, they are perverting the gospel of Christ. So when Paul came, even though he had that experience, the bright light shining down on him and everything, he didn't come out with a different gospel. He didn't put Jesus in uh, uh, second place or say that he was just a prophet and he wasn't God. Paul preached that Jesus Christ was God. And, oh, did he? Yes, he did. In uh, 1 Timothy uh, 3 and verse 16, you can read it. Amen. He says here, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Amen. So here is this man that received this revelation. The revelation, though, that he received coincided with 
all the prophets and everything that was spoken from the Garden of Eden all the way down through, there was no argument between what he received and then what any of the prophets had received. It was the fulfilling, what he preached was the fulfilling of the law. And uh, he didn't preach anything different. And why is it that these other men, they come, they have to write their own Bible, have their own Bible, have their own laws and stuff like that. And all they might put some good things in there, but almost like the truth will not get it done. You can take something that is good and try to adjust it or fix it, and you actually pervert it. I remember one preacher coming and preaching for us many years ago, Brother Adams, and he gave a demonstration. There was a mic stand standing there, and the shaft on that mic stand was perfectly straight. He said, this mic stand is perfectly straight. He said, if I try to adjust it, it'll not be straight no more. And that's what happens when they try to adjust the gospel of Christ. Amen. They pervert the gospel of Christ. So these doctrines that have came. Now, uh, Muhammad, he came, what was it, about 500 years after Paul writes this statement and gives us a warning in the word of God. Here comes a man, and he's got another gospel. Then, uh, many, many years later, we find that Moroni was supposed to bring another interpretation of the gospel. Even though they uh, recognized Jesus to a certain extent, either one of them, but not according to what the apostles taught, not to what Jesus taught, and that's what we're supposed to follow. I think about Hebrews, the second chapter. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense and reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. And uh, I think about that, uh, the word that was spoken by angels, by messengers, by prophets, uh, all the way down through the word of God. Amen. And uh, it was steadfast, and uh, you had to obey it or you was going to be in trouble. I think about all those things that were spoken. I think about how that they say that Allah, you know, that's uh, God's name. And uh, yet, I read in the Word of God, we go back to the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah in the 12th chapter is sort of interesting. Amen. What he says here, and he said in the 12th chapter of Isaiah, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away and thy comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. There's a revelation right there. The word salvation, amen. Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, amen. That name means Savior or salvation. Now watch this. When you think about it, Yeshua, or however you want to pronounce it, or Jesus Christ, let's look at the Word of God. Behold, God is my salvation. The Almighty God was Yeshua. Amen. That's who he was. Behold, God is my Yeshua, or Jesus, my salvation. I will trust 
and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. Now, that's the name that was given to the Hebrew people, uh, and some pronounce it Yahweh, uh, some pronounce it Jehovah, but God had a name back there. But watch what happens. Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. In other words, Jehovah, Yahweh, God Almighty, however you want to pronounce it, uh, he was revealed to Abraham as... Uh, El Shaddai, uh, God Almighty. That's how Abraham knew him. And that same one has become my Jesus, my salvation. And uh, therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. All right, then we become, amen, the body of Christ. The Bible said we are temples for the Holy Ghost to dwell in. Jesus stood at the city of Sychar at a well there. A Samaritan woman comes out, and she began to talk to him, him to her, and he told her that he had water that he could give her where she would never thirst again. Then he said in the seventh chapter of the Gospel of John about Verse 37, on that day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. They was having a, a feast day, one of the Jewish feast days at that time, and it was the Feast of Tabernacles. They had some rituals that they went through that day, but they did not know that that period, now Jesus Christ was on the scene. He was the fulfillment of all those feast days. He was the fulfillment of those prophecies in the Old Testament. And he is trying to get their attention while they're going through this ritual in blindness, not understanding really what it really meant and everything like that. Jesus stood and cried and he tried to get their attention. In other words, I believe he hollered out real loud. And it probably uh, was a bother to him to think that they did not understand what they were doing. So he began to cry out to them in this seventh chapter. And you can read it for yourself. It starts about verse 37. He said, In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, see, here comes that living water, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, that they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, but, Je but that Jesus, uh, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And uh, so he is telling us what that river of water would really be, uh, what those wells of water was going to be. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, this spake he of the Spirit. Uh, the Holy Ghost was going to come up on people. They was going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Out of their belly would flow rivers of living water. And this uh, Jehovah of the Old Testament has become my Jesus of the New. That's the name that was given him from heaven by the angels. Amen. Whenever before he was born, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. The book of Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 1, 21. You can read it. 
Amen. And why? He's the Savior. That's what the name means, Savior or salvation. That's why we have to take His name upon us. These other names are not going to get it done. And if an angel would come from heaven preaching any other gospel, any other way, the Bible said, or if one of the old uh, saints of God would come back, Paul, Peter, any one of them, if they had ever come back preaching anything else, they would have to be a curse because the Bible said so. I thank God for the revelation of Jesus Christ that he is the true God, the living God, the only wise God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I see our time is going again. See you next week, same time, same station with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday at this same time on your local station, 590 AM, 101.1 FM, WMBS Uniontown.